Section 41 of The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 9. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mark Ernest. The Book of the Thousand Nights and a Night, Volume 9, by Anonymous. Translated by Richard Francis Burton. Night 969 When it was the 969th night, she pursued, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that the jeweler said to his wife, Have patience. The owner of it is generous, and I will seek to buy it of him. And if he will sell it, I will bring it to thee. Or, if he have another such stone, I will buy it, and fashion it for thee into a ring like this. On this wise it fared with the jeweler and his wife. But as regards Kamar al-Zaman, he passed the night in his lodging, and on the morrow he took an hundred dinars and carried them to the old woman, the barber's wife, saying to her, Accept these gold pieces. And she replied, Give them to thy father. So he gave them to the barber, and she asked, Hast thou done as I bade thee? He answered, Yes. And she said, Go now to the sheikh, the jeweler, and if he give thee the ring, put it on the tip of thy finger, and pull it off in haste, and say to him, O master, thou hast made a mistake, the ring is too tight. He will say, O merchant, shall I break it and mould it again larger? And do thou say, It booteth not to break it and fashion it anew. Take it, and give it to one of thy slave women. Then pull out another stone worth seven hundred dinars, and say to him, Take this stone, and set it for me, for tis handsomer than the other. Give him thirty dinars, and to each of the princesses two, saying, These gold pieces are for the chasing, and the price of the ring shall remain. Then return to thy lodging for the night, and on the morrow bring me two hundred ducats, and I will complete thee the rest of the device. So the youth went to the jeweler, who welcomed him, and made him sit down in his shop, and he asked him, Hast thou done my need? Yes, answered Obeyed, and brought out to him the seal-ring, whereupon he set it on his finger-tip, and pulling it off in haste, cried, Thou hast made a mistake, O master, and threw it to him, saying, Tis too straight for my finger. Asked the jeweler, O merchant, shall I make it larger? But he answered, Not so. Take it as a gift, and give it to one of thy slave-girls. Its worth is trifling, some five hundred dinars so it booteth not to fashion it over again. Then he brought out to him another stone worth seven hundred sequins, and said to him, Set this for me, tis a finer gem. Moreover, he gave him thirty dinars, and to each of his workmen too. Quoth obeyed, O oh, my lord, we will take the price of the ring when we have made it. But Kamar al-Zaman said, This is for the chasing, and the price of the ring remains over. So saying, he went away, leaving the jeweler and his men amazed at the excess of his generosity. Presently the jeweler returned to his wife, and said, O Halfma, never did I set eyes on a more generous than this young man, and as for thee, thy luck is good, for he hath given me the ring without price, saying, Give it to one of thy slave-women. And he told her what had passed, adding, Methinks this youth is none of the sons of the merchants, but that he is of the sons of the kings and sultans. 
Now the more he praised him, the more she waxed in love-longing, passion, and distraction for him. So she took the ring and put it on her finger, whilst the jeweler made another one, a little larger than the first. When he had finished moulding it, she put it on her finger, under the first, and said, Look, O oh my lord, how well the two rings show on my finger. I wish they were both mine. Said he, Patience, it may be I shall buy thee this second one. Then he lay that night, and on the morrow he took the ring and went to his shop. As for Kamar al-Zaman, as soon as it was day, he repaired to the barber's wife, and gave her two hundred dinars. Quoth she, Go to the jeweler, and when he giveth thee the ring, put it on thy finger, and pull it off again in haste, saying, Thou hast made a mistake, O master, this ring is too large. A master like thee, when the like of me cometh to him with a piece of work, it behoveth him to take right measure, and if thou hadst measured my finger, thou hadst not erred. Then pull out another stone worth a thousand dinars, and say to him, Take this and set it, and give this ring to one of thy slave women. Give him forty ducats, and to each of his journeymen three, saying, This is for the chasing, and for the cost of the ring, that shall remain, and see what he will say. Then bring three hundred dinars, and give them to thy father, the barber, that he may mend his fortune withal, for he is a poor man. Answered Kamar al-Zaman, I hear and obey, and betook himself to the jeweler, who welcomed him, and making him sit down, gave him the ring. He took it, and put it on his finger, then pulled it off in haste, and said, It behoveth a master like thee, when the like of me bringeth him a piece of work, to take his measure. Hadst thou measured my finger, thou hadst not erred, but take it and give it to one of thy slave women. Then he brought out to him a stone worth a thousand sequins, and said to him, Take this and set it in a signet ring for me after the measure of my finger. Quoth obeyed, Thou hast spoken sooth and art in the right, and took his measure, whereupon he pulled out forty gold pieces and gave them to him, saying, Take these for the chasing, and the price of the ring shall remain. Cried the jeweler, O oh my lord, how much higher have we taken of thee? Verily thy bounty to us is great. No harm, replied Kamar al-Zaman, and set talking with him a while, and giving a dinar to every beggar who passed by the shop. Then he left him and went away, whilst the jeweler returned home and said to his wife, How generous is this young merchant! Never did I set eyes on a more open-handed or a comelier than he, no, nor a sweeter of speech. And he went on to recount to her his charms and generosity, and was loud in his praise. Cried she, O oh, thou lackst tact! Since thou notest these qualities in him, and indeed he hath given thee two seal-rings of price, it behoveth thee to invite him, and make him an entertainment, and entreat him lovingly. When he seeth that thou affectest him, and cometh to our place, we shall surely get great good of him. And if thou grudge him the banquet, do thou bid him, and I will entertain him of my monies. Quoth he, Dost thou know me to be niggardly, that thou sayest this say? And quoth she, Thou art no niggard, but thou lackest tact. Invite him this very night, and come not without him. And he refuse, conjure him by the divorce oath, and be persistent with him. On my head and eyes, answered he, and moulded the ring till he had finished it, after which he passed the night, and went forth on the morrow to his shop, and sat there. On this wise it was with him, 
but as for Kamar al-Zaman, he took three hundred dinars, and carrying them to the old wife, gave them to her for the barber, her husband. Said she, Most like he will invite thee to his house this day, and if he do this, and thou pass the night there, tell me in the morning what befalleth thee, and bring with thee four hundred dinars, and give them to thy father. Answered he, Hearing and obeying and as often as he ran out of money he would sell some of his stones. So he repaired to the jeweller, who rose to him, and received him with open arms, greeted him heartily, and clapped up companionship with him. Then he gave him the ring, and he found it after the measure of his finger, and said to the jeweller, Allah bless thee, O prince of artists. The setting is comfortable, but the stone is not to my liking. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased to say her permitted say. End of Night 969 Night 970 When it was the 970th night, she resumed, It hath reached me, O auspicious king, that Kamar al-Zaman said to the jeweler, The setting is comfortable to my wishes, but the stone is not to my liking. I have a handsomer than this, so take the seal ring, and give it to one of thy slave women. Then he gave him a fourth stone and an hundred dinars, saying, Take thy hire and excuse the trouble we have given thee. Obeyed replied, O merchant, all the trouble thou hast given us thou hast requited us, and hast overwhelmed us with thy great bounties, and indeed my heart is taken with love of thee, and I cannot brook parting from thee. So Allah upon thee, be thou my guest this night, and heal my heart. He rejoined, So be it but needs must I go to my khan that I may give a charge to my domestics and tell them that I shall sleep abroad tonight, so they may not expect me. Where dost thou lodge? asked the jeweler. And he answered, In such a khan. Quoth obeyed, I will come for thee there. And quoth the other, Tis well. So the jeweler repaired to the khan before sundown, fearing lest his wife should be angered with him if he returned home without his guest, and carrying Kamar al-Zaman to his house, seated him in a saloon that had not its match. Halima saw him as he entered, and was ravished with him. They talked till supper was served, when they ate and drank, after which appeared coffee and sherbets, and the jeweler ceased not to entertain him with talk till eventide, when they prayed the obligatory prayers. Then entered a handmaid with two cups of night drink, which, when they had drunk, Drowsiness overcame them, and they slept. Presently in came the jeweler's wife, and seeing them asleep, looked upon Kamar al-Zaman's face, and her wit was confounded at his beauty. Said she, How can he sleep who loveth the fair? And turning him over on his back, set a straddle upon his breast. Then, in the mania of her passion for him, she rained down kisses on his cheeks, till she left a mark upon them, and they became exceeding red, and his cheekbones shone, and she sucked his lips, till the blood ran out into her mouth. But with all this her fire was not quenched, nor her thirst assuaged. She ceased not to kiss and clip him, and twine leg with leg, till the forebrow of morn grew white, and the dawn broke forth in light, when she put in his pocket four cockles, and went away. Then she sent her maid with something like snuff, which she applied to their nostrils, and they sneezed and awoke. When the slave girl said, O oh, my lords, prayer is a duty, 
So rise ye and pray the dawn prayer. And she brought them basin and ewer. Quoth Kaman al-Zamar, O master, tis late, and we have overslept ourselves. And quoth the jeweler, O my friend, verily the air of this room is heavy, for whenever I sleep in it, this happens to me. Rejoined Kamar al-Zaman, True, and proceeded to make the wuzu ablution. But when he put the water to his face, his cheeks and lips burned him. Cried he, Prodigious! If the air of the room be heavy and we have been drowned in sleep, what aileth my cheeks and lips that they burn me? And he said to the jeweler, O master, my cheeks and lips burn me. The other replied, I guess this cometh of the mosquito bites. Strange, said Kamar al-Zaman, hath this thing happened to thee? Replied Obeyed, No, but whenever I have by me a guest like thee, he complaineth in the morning of the mosquito bites, and this happeneth only when he is like thee beardless. If he be bearded, the mosquitoes sting him not, and naught hindereth them from me but my beard. It seems mosquitoes love not bearded men. Rejoined Kamar al-Zaman, True. Then the maid brought them early breakfast, and they broke their fast and went out. Kamar al-Zaman betook himself to the old woman, who exclaimed when she saw him, I see the marks of joyance on thy face. Tell me what thou hast seen. Said he, I have seen nothing. Only I supped with the housemaster in a saloon, and prayed the night prayer, after which we fell asleep and woke not till morning. She laughed and said, What be these marks on thy cheeks and lips? He answered, Twas the mosquitoes of the saloon that did this with me. And she rejoined, "'Tis well, but did the same thing betide the housemaster?' He retorted, "'Nay, but he told me that the mosquitoes of that saloon molest not bearded men, but sting those only who have no hair on face, and that whenever he hath foreguessed one who is beardless, the stranger awaketh complaining of the mosquito bites, whereas an he have a beard, there befalleth him naught of this.' Said she, "'Sooth thou speakest.' But say me, sawest thou aught save this? And he answered, I found four cockles in my pocket. Quoth she, Show them to me. So he gave them to her, and she laughed, and said, Thy mistress laid these in thy pocket. He asked, How so? And she answered, Tis as if she said to thee in the language of signs, An thou wert in love, thou wouldst not sleep, for a lover sleepeth not. But thou hast not ceased to be a child, and fit for nothing but to play with these cockles. So what drave thee to fall in love with the fair? Now she came to thee by night, and finding thee asleep, scored thy cheeks with her kisses, and left thee this sign. But that will not suffice her of thee, and she will certainly send her husband to invite thee again to-night. So, when thou goest home with him, hasten not to fall asleep and on the morrow bring me five hundred dinars, and come, and acquaint me with what hath passed, and I will perfect for thee the device. Answered he, I hear and obey, and went back to the Khan. Thus it befell him. But as regards the jeweler's wife, she said to her husband, Is the guest gone? Answered he, Yes, but, O Halamah, the mosquitoes plagued him last night, and scarified his cheeks and lips, and indeed I was abashed before him. She rejoined, This is the want of the mosquitoes of our saloon, for they love none save the beardless. 
but do thou invite him again to-night. So he repaired to the khan where the youth abode, and bidding him, carried him to his house, where they ate and drank and prayed the night prayer in the saloon, after which the slave-girl entered and gave each of them a cup of night-drink. And Shahrazad perceived the dawn of day, and ceased saying her permitted say. End of Night 970 Recording by Mark Ernest